0: Welcome to another episode of Bullet Points, a podcast all about shooting games. My name's Edward Smith. I'm joined as ever by Reed McArthur. Oh yeah, because this is a Halloween special episode, we've Woo. deigned to give ourselves creepy Halloween names. So I should say I'm joined by Scream McCarter. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> How are you doing today, Scream? I'm
1: having a dreadful day which on halloween is opposite so that's a good day
0: excellent I'm, I'm sad to hear it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. Really glad to hear it see what i'm doing uh, i'm also joined by my other regular co-host uh pat trick or treat Lindsay.
2: uh hello there i see what you did there Ed. i like it
0: <laughs> Thanks, i also i also really
2: i also really appreciate that you uh, are approaching this with all the enthusiasm of a parent who is begrudgingly attending his child's tea party.
0: <laughs> I'm just, I'm it's just a good right time prime guy. Uh, and we, we, we're fortunate this week to be joined by our guest, uh, Carly Valucci. Who, because we are uh, pretty unimaginative, we couldn't come up with a decent Halloween name for Carly. So she is merely Scary Valucci. Hello, Scary Valucci. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> scary uh in case you uh are not aware, is, is a is a writer for paste and founder of postmortem magazine um have you got anything i mean what is postmortem magazine scary would you like to introduce us to some of your work <laughs> i
3: i would love to but i don't answer to the name scary so it's gonna be very difficult um but yes postmortem is not as spooky as it sounds but it is a website where people talk about things they've created and the creative process and, you know, reflecting back on the things they've done. So yeah, check it out. It's new and we're just getting off the ground and we're experimenting with stuff. So yeah, definitely visit our website. Where,
2: where
3: would we and find Postmortem? Well, yeah. The website's at Um and then we also have um, a Twitter it's postmortem_mag underscore mag and then we have a Patreon that is patreon.com slash
0: Super. Okay. Uh, Well, I mean, uh, this week we're talking about Resident Evil 4. I'll just jump right in there. Um, Because it's Halloween, because it's October, we're going to talk about a... Well, I guess we'll get into this later on. Is it a scary game? It's... It's it's colored scary. It's colored scary, yeah. Scary flavored? Yeah, it's It's, scary flavored. Yeah, there's a hint of scary. Scary in
3: the sense that it's, you know... I, was, I found it very difficult when I played it for the first time, but so it was like a lot of panic because I kept dying, but not really scary.
0: It's definitely a it's definitely a tense shooter, probably the tensest shooter that we've discussed so far. I'd say so, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. So let's just jump right in there. I mean, I was going to do some more kind of introduction stuff about Reed, you know, what you might have been playing this week, Patrick, what you might have been playing this week, but I think that's just... Let's just get to it. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. That's, that's that's what people tune in for. You know, they want the they want the heart of the discussion. They don't need to know what we've been doing. It's all about the games here, guys. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, but, thanks for coming with games. me on that one.
1: No fun here. No, never <laughs> no fun. Price. No fun, just games.
0: Yeah,
3: because <laughs> <laughs> games aren't fun; they're serious.
0: That that is our tagline. Right, so Resident Evil 4 uh, came out in 2004 originally for the uh, GameCube uh, small piece of history. It was part of the Capcom was it 7 or 8 that they promised Nintendo that they would make X amount of games just for the oh, yeah. machines. But then that, that deal kind of collapsed after about 3 or 4 games. I think after Resident Evil 4, Resident Evil 0, and Killer 7, and Beautiful Joe, I think those 4 <coughs> came out and the rest didn't materialise. Um but yes, it came out in 2004. It's been, you know, since the PlayStation 2, PC, etc., etc., since then. Uh, and is commonly credited with spearheading a new genre of horror game where third person shooting and action take precedent over atmosphere, jump scares, etc., etc. Uh, I'm going to go first to Carly uh, and ask what were your general opinions on Resident Evil 4?
3: Um, well, Resident Evil 4 was one of the first games I ever completed by myself. Um, I didn't play on the GameCube. I played on the, um, PS2, I think. Um, but yeah, like I, I was like one of the first games I ever defeated by myself. Then I felt like so accomplished because it was so tense and because it was like one of the first shooters I ever played as well. It was also just like, oh, you know, it took a lot of getting used to that kind of gameplay because I hadn't ever experienced it before. So it probably took me a lot longer mm-hmm. to get through the game than normal. But yeah, like people who were around me could tell you that I was like like gripping the controller, like nearly breaking it <laughs> and my teeth were grit. And I was like that final scene on the jet ski. And I'm just like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna beat this damn game. It's gonna be great. Um, so it was very, it, it holds a special place in my heart for that reason. And I always feel like really accomplished for finishing
0: it. So was it one of the first shooter games that you you played? Pretty much, yeah. Right, okay, that's interesting. We might come back to that later on. Um, Patrick, what do you think of Resident Evil 4 overall?
2: Um, Resident Evil 4 has the distinction of being my first, and in terms of complete games, only Resident Evil game that I've ever played. Um, I played it way back, well I mean way back now, I played it on the GameCube. and I really enjoyed it then, and I really enjoyed it now as well. Um, despite it doing a lot of things that I like, just are I think are ridiculous. I just can't deny the fact that it's really like insanely
0: entertaining. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, s- scream, your riposte. <laughs> Uh <laughs> Thank you, Dead Smith. No
1: problem.
4: Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm kind of on Patrick's wavelength. There's something about this game that is so bloody entertaining. It's so just gleefully stupid, but it's also (laughs) just so kind of like beautifully designed too. Um, Everything is kind of in its right place and it's very uh, exactingly paced. Um, Even though it's quite long, it, it keeps you going for a long time. I don't know what it is about it, because it doesn't, on the surface, seem like it would be um, the most interesting game. But I don't know. It, also, too, kind of like Carly and Patrick, like I played this back, uh, not on the GameCube, but I played it on the PlayStation 2, maybe like two years after it came out during a period of time when I was barely playing games, because I was in school and didn't have any money. And this game was like pretty exciting when I got to play it because I hadn't really seen what was I hadn't really been following along with uh, what had been going on and I popped this thing in and it was I don't know, it's cool
0: um, it's My I think long
1: that, rambling way of saying it's cool
0: Well I think it's its it has the the honor of being the the first game featured on this podcast that we're sort of unanimously uh, sort of in favor of and, and all enjoy um, and I, oh, I, yeah. I love it to. I love it to bits. I mean, I've completed it several times and um, I think it's fantastic. And I think that when it comes to the the pacing that you mentioned, Reed, and the fact that despite seeming like a fairly standard issue video game promise of third-person shooting, I think that what it does so well that so few games do, especially nowadays, is that you're constantly doing something different. Um, not something wacky, mm-hmm. not something crazy it's not like Saints Row where hey, you're doing something different because you're running around with a dildo in your pants it's, right. it's like, it's <laughs> it's one really really great sort of set piece and set up and, and just a really good sort of scripted in the kind of film way, like sequence after another, it's one kind of big great action piece mm-hmm. you know, on, on the bounce for, for nine hours
3: it also has very good um, I guess scaling in the sense that, like, you know, in the beginning you're just fighting, you know, creepy villagers, and then it just gets steadily crazier and crazier as you go along. And then, like, at one point you're fighting, like, literal giants and then tentacle monsters and, you know, it just keeps escalating. Little so N- you Napoleon
2: never... thingies.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, was it oh, Salazar? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah so, and just, like, it, in a, yeah, like, it's really corny. Yeah. And it just kind of goes completely, I guess, over the top in terms of what it's doing with its premise. Like, yeah, look at, if you just look at Salazar as a character.
4: Oh, he's delightful.
3: It's it's ridiculous. (laughs) Um, But it it works because it's all, like, very consistent. And it knows how to keep it up, like, just by going, just upping itself every single, yeah, every single time, essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm. Yeah,
1: which is pretty impressive, too, when you think of... A lot of games have a hard time keeping that momentum going for, you know, as as long as it is. I think it took me about, like, 10 or 12 hours to finish it, and the fact that it, it doesn't outstay its welcome, really, like, it, it manages to make that time kind of go by quickly, and uh, yeah, it's like what Carly was saying about how it just kind of keeps increasing the scale. Yeah. You know, you start starts off, and you're just trying to take out, like, these three villagers, and then... All of a sudden, you're fighting entire towns full of them. and
2: That's actually one of the things I, I thought was really significant, especially because you said at the beginning, Ed, that it's a long game, which it is, but it does something really, really, really important for long games, which it keeps, it keeps giving you new stuff, um, which in a shooter you have to do, because if you're not constantly finding new guns or, you know, new enemies or whatever, then essentially all you're really doing is running from room to room and, like, Getting drip-fed bits of story, which is not interesting, and it's where like twenty-hour first-person shooters like Bioshock or whatever tend to fall apart because once you get over that initial, once that gameplay loop closes itself finally, and you just keep running around that same track, and you get bored. But this does not do that. Um, there's constantly tiny little things that it does to make it new every time you're you're doing it, like with uh, treasure hunting and item collecting and all that stuff. Which normally I'm not a fan of collectibles in games, but I think it works.
1: I was uh, just going to say too, um, that was something I was thinking about when I was saying that it's kind of very, uh, the design is like very clockwork. Like every little bit of it is, nothing's extraneous. Everything kind of feeds into itself. Mm -hmm. And like when you're talking about like that treasure hunting and, you know, uh, picking up different items, like you actually need that stuff in order to make it through. Yeah. You know, in order to mm-hmm. have enough money to upgrade your guns, or to uh, you know have enough health and ammo to actually make it through a, a fight. Mm-hmm.
3: I I also just totally forgot about the merchant until just oh, now. Oh yes!
1: Oh, he's the greatest.
3: <laughs> and it's and like that's how you know that this game like it takes itself seriously, but it also doesn't, um, which I think works in its favor because it realizes how ridiculous it is. So you got like things like the merchant who just like pops up everywhere and he's just got, you know, everything you could possibly need. And there's a um,
2: cat person. What? <laughs> and he's a, a cat, cat person. person. What do you mean? He's like, if you look at him, he has like cat legs and cat paws. Does what? He?
0: Yeah. I thought he had, he had like red eyes like some of the creatures. I've never noticed that he's a cat. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Oh my goodness.
0: Okay.
1: I think that was the third. This was the third time I've played through this game, and I didn't notice that.
0: I've probably played it upwards of fifteen times, and have never ever clocked the merchant as a cat. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that's why they call him Patrick Cat Eye Lindsay. That's exactly what they call me. <laughs> he can spot a
0: cat anywhere. Uh, I think that there's one of the interesting things about Resident Evil Four. Uh, it's often talked about as a rejuvenation and reimagination of. The Resident Evil series, because before Resident Evil Four, they were fixed camera angle, um, sort of traditional find key to unlock door uh, survival mm-hmm. horror games in the vein of things like Silent Hill and Alone in the Dark and other things like that. Whereas obviously Resident Evil Four is a over the shoulder third person shooter which um, has a you know body count in the in the hundreds uh, as opposed to early Resident Evil games where it's you know probably below one hundred, which is unfortunately quite low for a video game (laughs) um but the other thing that strikes me about Resident Evil 4 especially compared to the Resident Evil 1 and 2 not so much 3 and Code Veronica which also came before it but Resident Evil 4 moves a lot through various different locations like you you go from the village to the castle to the island and within those spaces there's all kind of like subsections you know there's um Church. There's like a dungeon. There's different sections of the island, etc. Whereas the early Resident Evil games are usually set uh, in and around a single location. So in the first one, yeah. you have the mansion. In the second one, you have the police station. Um, uh, in the third one, you kind of move a lot more. You kind of you go through different locations in a city. And in Code Veronica, you go from like one place and you actually get on a plane halfway through the game and go to a completely different location. So you could kind sort of see a change in sensibilities occurring. I think in those early games, but it it really sort of uh, finds full form in Resident Evil 4. Um, Patrick, what what do you think about that? Do you think that um, there's anything lost about the game in terms of tension or horror by moving you so rapidly between different locations? Do you think that there's an argument for sort of situating the player in one place and building the atmosphere of that one place? Or do you think that Resident Evil 4 benefits from it's kind of, it's energy. I
2: mean, I, I don't think that that's to say that just because there are multiple locations that it loses anything in terms of setting or characterization of the setting. Um, simply because the chapters are so substantial on their own that, yeah, you might go from the village to the castle or whatever, but the time that you spend there is still as significant in terms of um, its kind of narrative development and the effect that it has on the plot that you don't really feel like you're just kind of jumping around. Um Kind of like how you know in uh, Metal Gear Solid 4 you fly around from like place to place in the chapters, which is, again, another series where that's the first time I think that you do that, um, and that was really jarring, but here um, I think just the pace of the game is so much slower, and you really have a, a, the literal physical speed at which you move is slower to the point where you don't feel like you're just running around from room to room and then moving on to the next one.
4: Mm.
1: Well, and it is kind of uh, connected, to like you, you don't really you know, it doesn't it doesn't do something where you're jumping on a helicopter and then getting set down somewhere else. He's uh Leon's kind of moving through pathways, you know. Mm-hmm. Even when he like goes across the lake, which is a great moment in that game.
3: Yeah, and he's still in the same like tiny mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's like the Spanish
3: town, so it's not like he's going like all over there's, the world. Yeah, there's a very thing.
1: believable a uh, quote a very believable sense of place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I vacationed in the same place in Spain. It's beautiful.
0: <laughs> I think the the there's a thing that I always compare Resident Evil 4 to, which is uh, an action scene in Indiana Jones' uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Bear with me on this. Um, Absolutely. There's, there's a scene in that film where it's an action sequence, and... Indiana Jones needs to get from one truck at the kind of back of a a convoy of trucks to the truck at the front to get some item or something that's on board the truck. Yeah. And uh, the entire action scene is about a 10-minute long sequence, but it never kind of breaks away from that motivation. Like, all Indiana Jones has to do is get from one place to another, and all of the action and all the kind of mishaps and things that happen along the way stem from the fact that he's just trying to get from A to B. Um, And I think where a lot of games fall down when they're trying to do variety in action is that they lose that sense of motivation. They lose that sort of clear, not exactly narrative, but sort of uh, of sequential through line. You know, you kind of lose a sense of why you're doing anything that you're doing. So like in Call of Duty, you know, people will argue that you go from, oh, you go from here to here to here to here, and it's really exciting, but you never have a sense really of why you're going to these places. Whereas in Resident Evil 4, you constantly have... Even though it's like a horrible fucking sexist cliche, which is you've got to rescue the president's daughter, you, you still, you constantly have that sort of narrative and, and motivating through line. And I think that's what carries it so well through all of these different locations.
3: And you're also trying to save yourself, too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They're... Because,
3: you know, because you're infected.
0: Yeah, that's
2: right. That right. happens really early on, too, which I thought was a pretty cool trick. Yeah.
3: Yeah. You're immediately in danger the moment you enter the game, so you never, you don't ever really have that sense of like, well, I don't exactly know what's going to happen, but I'm just playing it anyway, and like, it, there's no sense of ease or comf- or there's no comfort involved. It's just you're immediately in danger. Everyone's trying to kill you, um, and you also have to save the president's daughter, but you also have to save yourself. I mean, so, so it works. One thing that
2: I think is really significant is that. This obviously is a, as you call it, a reimagining of a horror series, um, and even though this is basically a shooter with, you know, wearing, like, horror face paint, there's a lot that it does that is really subtly good at driving tension, like, Carly, the fact what you're saying, that you're always, like, from the first moment, in, like, your character is in danger, like, literally dying. Um, normally, when you play a game, you get to the end of a level, even a really hard level, and then it's like, ah, there's a, kind of a, a breather. That you can take before you move to the next level, but you don't really have that here because of all these narrative and mechanical beats that they throw at you, like from the time that you start.
1: Yeah, you just kind of have moments where you're not directly under attack
4: <clears throat>
1: from from the beginning, and that well, that's the thing too is that it's it's like a it's like a B horror movie where it's completely silly and you're laughing at the performances, but it still manages to. Uh, it can still kind of freak you out. It can still give you a, a good scare. Um, mm-hmm. The way that they... You know, I think there's... It is... It's so hard to, like, talk about this game in terms of its story, in terms of what it does well, because all I can think of is Salazar, the little yeah. Napoleon guy. Yeah. And that kind of stuff just sticks out at the forefront. But there are things that it does where it's like... Uh, They have that Night of the Living Dead kind of sequence where you have to board up a house and just kind of make it through where all these zombies are coming in and the controls are kind of fighting against you the entire time as you're trying to... You know, the controls in this game are this perfect mix of exactly what you want them to be but also kind of too slow to make you ever feel like you're in perfect control of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. they use that in these certain set pieces like this... This zombies coming through the boarded up windows sequence too, and it it actually feels very tense. You know they do manage to make things where, you know it's not going to keep you up at night, but when you're playing it, it's frightening.
3: Yeah, especially as like as you go through the game and the enemies get more difficult, they they still manage to keep up the sense of tension by you know steadily making the enemies. You know, more difficult and scarier and crazier. And, like, you know, how in the beginning it's originally just, you know, the villagers, but then you got the villagers with the chainsaws, and, you know, then you got El Gigante, and then you got all the the Las Plagas, like, actively coming at you in droves. And it's just, like, they managed to scale it very well. Mm. And so you're never, you're never, like you say, there's never a sense that you're, you know, oh, maybe I'll make it. You know, there's always, like, well, you could die at any time, especially when you come across boss battles and there's no
0: shortage of those Mm -hmm. i think one of the things it does uh narratively narratively is like too grandiose a term for us before but but tonally is uh it never devolves into knowing and sort of parody and hey look how fucking wacky we are god look at this guy isn't that crazy you know it's always it's always it's schlock but with a straight face um Mm -hmm. And I I really appreciate that. I I appreciate the sort of sincerity and the confidence of Resident Evil 4 because a lot of games, um, I'm looking at Borderlands and things like that, is, you know, they they introduce various eccentric and colourful and quote-unquote crazy ideas uh, and then seem to sort of lose faith in them and say that we can only present these to the players if we joke about it and point at ourselves and laugh. And I, I don't like that. I don't like that sort of... Um, yeah, insecurity. I, I, Resident Resonate before for being very down the line, like, no, this is, this is it. Like, this is what we wanted to do, and we're not going to joke about it. It is funny. You do,
2: what? you do get the sense that like Leon and Salazar and all the characters aren't supposed to be parody characters, but like they do in the sense feel like this is actually what the people at Capcom thought. Like an international cop investigating the disappearance of a president's daughter. Like this is what they think that situation would look like, which is kind of, it's kind of cool. Like you're saying, it de- definitely takes a a lot of confidence to do that
4: mm.
3: yeah and especially because like you said like it's not a, like a parody of these kinds of you know like kind of like b horror movie like 1970s like gothic you know kind of horror schlock it's not um in any way a parody it's almost like a tribute
4: mm.
1: well yeah um, you can but
3: it's from a japanese perspective
1: yeah so it's another link removed you know mm-hmm. um yeah, and i I do think that um, I do think that this game was made by people who genuinely love that stuff too. Like, there's mm. just so many kind of it throws in all of that kind of hammer horror, you know, like the big castle with you know in the middle of the night with these cult members walking around and you know lake monsters, and it's it's all done in a way to try to pass on why you might like a movie like that and they mm. I, I, it's it's a very hard thing to describe how you can get something that tone uh so right but i think it's true it, they never wink at you and they never say aren't we silly you know they just show you these things mm. and let you react to them
3: yeah, yeah and i'm not 100 percent, you know what the people buying the game you know how they feel about you know what more western b horror films um, because I'm not from Japan, but I definitely think there is like a reverence there for that kind of genre. So I think they were like actively trying to make it in the form of a game. So yeah, there's like certain like winks and jokes, but they're never winking and joking at the genre itself. Right. They're just doing it. Yeah, they're doing. they It's almost like they're winking at the at like the concept of games in general. Like how like the merchant is the character, but he's also you know your market. Right. Yeah. And that that yeah, that was clearly like a choice where they're like, well, we ha- we want to have this kind of market in there, but we don't know how to do it. So we're going to create this character who just kind of shows up and is absurd and doesn't stick to the reality of the game at all, but it, it works.
2: Yeah, it's it's true. I mean, even given the whole like zombie infestation plotline, that character doesn't really make a lot of sense just like his existence.
3: No. But he's become one of the more iconic parts of the Resident Evil oh, franchise. Definitely, yeah. Well, yeah, because and, he's so because he's so easy to to remember.
1: Well, and there is a thing, and actually, I think Ed, you talk about this in that uh, piece you wrote about the police station, at kill screen.
4: Hmm.
1: Um, but there's Resident Evil, the early ones. I've only played one and two, and and then this one and some of the newer ones. But they do try to explain some of what's going on. You know, if if there's some weird thing happening, they you'll find a memo somewhere at least in the in the first one uh saying well there's this strange monster that's chasing around okay then you're gonna find notes explaining how it was an experiment gone awry because that's what it always is in resident evil but they always want to explain these things and then in this you kind of you know you just have this weird merchant man who just you know teleports between locations and shows up in the games like you know just that's that's something that exists here we're not mm-hmm. going to explain. I like
3: it. to think that he actually just has a lot of siblings.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> identical I, twins.
0: I think that is something I appreciate about Resident Evil Four is its reluctance to uh, over-explain or to explain at all. You know, it's not it's not overwritten um, in a lot of horror games, especially like you said, Reed, uh, and in the early Resident Evils, they're always struggling to find explanations for things because they they. Seem to believe that the audience just won't, just has no sort of tolerance for imagination. That has mm-hmm. no tolerance for um flourishes and and uh, expression for the sake of it. um And tries to make everything grounded and sort of sensical. Whereas in Resident Evil Four, there is some of that, but it, it's it's very much yeah, just just go with it, you know, just just take it, just imbibe this game. It's it's kind of good for you. Um, yeah, I, I really like it for that. Um, well, yeah, I like think
3: they... that, I think that comes. Sorry.
0: No, no,
1: no, go. Were you gonna say that? Go. for I was it. just gonna
3: say that comes. I think that comes from it trying to be separate from the other Resident Evil games. Yeah. Um, because you can play Resident Evil Four without knowing the rest of the Resident Evil lore or anything. Like, I didn't play any other games before I played Resident Evil Four, and I wasn't confused. Um, I, I mean, you get the stuff at the end that are, that do tie in with the rest of it, but. It's mostly a standalone, mm-hmm. yeah. So I think a lot of, I think of the fact that it's like kind of lo- like lore and plot light um, helps make it so that you can play Resident Evil Four without playing any of the others. That's
2: actually a really good segue that I was hoping someone would make. Is if I remember correctly, when this game was released, it was actually pretty divisive among people who had been Resident Evil veterans. Um, oh yeah, because it is so like drastically different mechanically than. Uh, the earlier games, um, and I had not played any other Resident Evil games, but I'm curious Ed and, and Reed to get your perspectives, and Carly too if you because I know you're a big horror game person as well um, to get your thoughts on the Resident Evil 4 like, made Resident Evil not scary
1: or whatever
0: Um, what? Uh, are... Should I go?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, you'll probably have a better understanding, because only the first one is really fresh in my mind at this point.
0: I think that the oft-voice opinion that Resident Evil 4 took Resident Evil in more of an action direction is not exactly right. I think that they have always been more action games than anything else, Uh, starting with the second one especially. The sheer amount of shooting, killing, Etc. In that game, and and definitely number three, and definitely Code Veronica. They are action games. Um, they don't have the same camera perspective as a typical action game, but they are definitely action games with a horror bent. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil Three, like, is just that the the amount of enemies you fight and kill in Resident Evil Three is, is enormous. The amount of big explosion scenes and and dramatic sequences is is huge. They're not horror games in the kind of what you might think of traditional horror which is quite sort of lo-fi and dark and moody and slow and you know oppressive atmosphere and limited ammunition and this kind of stuff. They've, they've never really been that. Um, yeah I, I've always taken the Resident Evil series as action so Resident Evil 4 to me just feels like a, a sort of natural conclusion um, of what they're always going to be. Um, having said that when I first played it when I was about fourteen and a cast iron Resident Evil fanatic, I, I hated it. I, I really despised it. Um, because it was it was too different. Um, but obviously that opinion has changed a lot in hindsight. Hmm. Yeah, and then you went on message boards, right? And I I, I, I don't you remember commented I, on reviews. I might, I might have been on game FAQ's uh, we've all served
2: our time on game <laughs> FAQs.
0: Yeah, to to vent spleen about this is bullshit. It doesn't even. It's not like Resident Evil. Um, not... I I live
3: there actually, so oh, this is yeah. awkward. <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry, Carly, your home is very helpful. <laughs>
0: but there's actually, a, there's one an th- interesting. Go on, sorry, Reed
1: No, I was just gonna say about the comparison between them. I think the one big difference was that I remember when I bought Resident Evil Four. And I was excited to play it, but I also had this apprehension that it was going to be full of really obtuse puzzles, and um, like the earlier ones. And I I think when it focuses more on action, when it when it uh, sort of zooms in on on being about kind of survival rather than trying to figure out these strange you know medallions and you know spots taken out of doors it gets a lot better. It's kind of like everything from those early games that's good, distilled. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a little bit faster paced, a little bit, just because it does throw more at you. You spend less time kinda of walking around in silence. But uh, Yeah, yeah that, that's one thing I thought about. I was so relieved with this game. And also another shout out to game FAQs, you don't have to print out a stack of game FAQs when you rent this from Blockbuster when you're 15 or 13 or whatever.
4: That's mm. true,
0: yeah. I, I, the other criticism that still I think is often levied at Resident Evil 4 is that it's not scary, as opposed to the early Resident Evil games which were scary. Um, I I personally, again, disagree with that, because I, I, I've never particularly found Resident Evil frightening. Um, I mean, they have like the occasional jump scare, and there's that sort of brooding, uh, at times brooding atmosphere and creepy music and so on. Um, but if you look at, you know, the original Silent Hill, which came out the same year as Resident Evil Three and one year after Resident Evil Two, like that's a, that's a much more sort of powerful horror game. Like that, that that's a horror game. And Resident Evil never mm-hmm. seemed particularly frightening to me. So I, I've I, I've never been like distanced from Resident Evil Four just because it's not quote unquote scary. I don't know if anyone else thinks. Yeah,
3: about. I mean, no, I mean, in general, I don't think it can really be scary if all your main characters are cops.
0: Yeah,
2: that's a very good point.
3: Because <laughs> it, because like when you have main characters that are you know skilled in combat, and then you make the game primarily around that combat, I don't think it could ever really be truly horrifying. Just tense, um, you know, in a fighting action sense. So I've always seen them as more. Action games with like it like I think Patrick said it with a horror bend, um, so it's interesting that people see that like so, were like upset about Resident Evil 4 for not being as scary because I mean granted I didn't play Resident Evil when it was like out and new so I can't you know be with those people on the same level but I definitely think that they were never really that scary they're always very much like actiony games that just happen to take place in the haunted houses. Mm-hmm. and have zombies
1: yeah I think like one of the you know easiest ways to compare them to like when Ed was saying Silent Hill around the same time period I remember renting the first Resident Evil and a and, uh, few years after it came out and playing that in my parents basement when I was about you know 13 and being just fine and then playing Silent Hill and being terrified to walk up the stairs in the dark you know yeah. there's I think there's a complete difference in intent to Silent Hill is very, Mm -hmm. very much designed to get under your skin. Mm -hmm. I think Resident Evil just wants to you know, it's like the difference between uh, it's it's like Halloween, you know, it's here's some gross uh, spooky stuff that isn't actually going to frighten you long term. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just kind of meant to give you that kind of atmosphere.
0: That's an interesting Sorry, Carly.
3: Um, Sorry, yeah. I was just going to say that when when I think of horror, I think of something that's usually beyond just monsters. There's usually something else you know, yeah. lurking a bit down there. Like you have like the first Halloween film, for instance, and it's so much more than just like a slasher film. Um and same with the first Friday the thirteenth and then, you know, Silent Hill. You know, all the first all the team all the ones made by Team Silent are all not are they're all beyond just like horror games with spooky monsters and get mm-hmm. run away from the monsters there's there there's something there's a reason why the monsters exist and there's some like kind of psychological element that makes them scary and then you have Resident Evil which is just mostly monsters and i guess there's something there about like capitalism and like human experimentation and you know the power of science but i feel like it's it doesn't really have the same effect as like something like yeah that's like Silent Hill or you know, I'm trying to think of like old uh, other old horror games like Fatal Frame or something. It just doesn't it doesn't have the same kind of like undertone a that re- those things have.
0: There's a really interesting split that occurred I think around 1999 because you had Resident Evil and you had Silent Hill and there was another game by Atlas called Hell Knight. I don't know if anyone's played or heard of Hell Knight oh. cuz it, it kind of got lost. I haven't played it now. It kind of got lost to the ether, was it? The key premise of Hell Knight is that you're being pursued the entire game by one creature, and you're powerless to fight it. Um, That's terrifying. And, yeah, as such, it, it forms a kind of natural progenitor to things like uh, Amnesia, Outlast, right. Slender, you know, Alien Alien Isolation, etc. Um, all of these games, which in the last kind of five years, I think have risen up in a response to action horror, you know, to, to Dead Space, to Gears of War, to Resident Evil. Um mm-hmm. so it seems like it's sort of almost like a sliding doors thing that like, you know maybe if if Hell Knight had become the more popular game than Resident Evil now we'd be getting action horror as a response to these kind of slow plodding one monster <laughs> run and hide games but it went the other way um so I, I I see Resident Evil 4 as like the kind of flag in the ground for this is the direction horror is going to go in for the next five years um and some people especially in the last kind of Two years have sort of, you know, written action horror off as a bit of a mistake. Um, I don't think games like Dead Space and whatever have, have really sort of endured in popular consciousness as as much as uh, Silent Hill. Um, I don't know. What's everyone? Does, does anyone have like a general opinion on sort of action horror genre? You know, was it good? Is it bad? Is it, you know?
3: I mean, I don't think it's fair to say that it's bad just because it's not scary. I, yeah. I think um, it's, like, the
2: difference between horror movies and thrillers, you know? Like, they are—they yeah, they yeah. share a lot of similar traits, um, but I think they are designed to do different things. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's fine. I think it's okay that a game like Resident Evil 4, it, while certainly very tense and very kind of, like, nail biting um, is not going to necessarily give you nightmares unless you fear tiny little Napoleon men or whatever. But... <laughs> Um, I
3: mean, those systems. Um, I think that's vary, but
2: but I'm also a huge wuss. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, now you can have that stuff kind of coexist a bit more too, which is nice. Mm. Yeah, that's you know, true, you have too. you have smaller teams who maybe don't want to worry about uh, having to design intricate combat systems, and then you, you know, it lends itself well to kind of walking around and playing. You know, messing with the player with, with audio and, and cryptic writing and so forth. And then, you know, you have your big studios who don't want to alienate players so they can put out something a little bit more, uh, I don't know, a little bit more easy to digest and replay and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. I like I well, like. I both. don't think... Sorry. No, no.
3: Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think Dead Space is a bad game just because it's not, like, as scary as Silent Hill. Um, same with, like, Resident Evil. You know, just because it has horror elements doesn't mean it has to be super scary. And it's expecting a lot. Um, yeah, you can like both for what they are. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think, Res- um, I I think, think Resident Space Evil's pedigree
2: maybe gives Resident Evil 4 some harsher critics because people are like, alright, well, this is- Resident Evil was one of the first ever survival horror series that at least persisted in a very significant way. So people are expecting Resident Evil, they're expecting horror. Kind of like how, and I know that we disagree on this, but when Machine for Pigs came out, it was fairly lackluster compared to how the Dark Descent was received, because I think people were expecting a rehash of that and got something different. Mm. Mm -hmm. What they got wasn't necessarily worse, but it wasn't what what they were expecting they were going to get. Some would say it's a lot better. Some would say,
1: but... Some would say we don't. We don't like, talk about those people. <laughs> <laughs> if only that game had guns in it, then we could really get into we it. We could.
0: Um, the thing about uh, this is this is a bit of a tangent. Um, the, the, those kind of games, Amnesia, Outlast, Slender, etc., etc. Um, you know, the the key horror conceit is that you know you you don't have any weapons. You can't fight this thing. All you can do is run from it and hide and, and hope that it will go away. And um, the pretense there is that that's more frightening because you're powerless, and hey, when in a video game have you ever been powerless before? Uh, Personally, I don't know if anyone agrees with this, I'd be interested to know. I find horror games, or essentially games with guns, more frightening. Uh, I think that as soon as a game sort of confirms to you that you're never going to have a gun, it confirms to you that you're never going to have to confront anything, or face anything, or sort of take responsibility. There's a sort of freeing, like a liberation in knowing that you can just run away from everything um, and never have to sort of face it. I I think it's more Mm -hmm. frightening to be given a weapon, but also to be told that this weapon is largely ineffective and, you know, you're going to have to work when it comes to killing something. That makes me think... I mean, that's
3: why Sound Hill's so great.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's why Sound Hill worked. I think it's why Alien Isolation is is really, 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 really well balanced in that regard. That's Uh, what I was going to say about
1: oh sorry that's what i was going to say about alien isolation is just it does that great thing where you know you do have some weapons but they're not going to help you very much and so it it, there are still the stakes you still can make a stand if if the things if the alien's running at you but the best you're going to do is kind of you know just bother it for a minute so you can run away again so -hmm. the stakes are kept high the entire way
3: and... Yeah, although I think that there is a way to do a game that doesn't give you weapons and still keep up the tension. Like, the first Amnesia does a pretty good job of it, you know, with the, you know, you can, you don't have any weapons and you can run away, but it's not always going to work. Um, and it's not like you're going to hit a point, like, it's not, it's not linear enough that you're going to hit a point where you're like, okay, I made it past the, you know, the point of no return, I'm safe.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: It's, it um, or like, Outlast does this part, like, part of it does this pretty well. After a while it gets kind of, like, okay, I can run away if I do this. Um, but in the beginning like there's definitely a sense that like, yeah, you're running away and you can hide, but he's going to find you anyway.
2: One thing this... I'm interested in getting you guys opinion on is the idea of Resident Evil as it stacks up as a shooter. Like in comparison to yeah. other games we might look at. Yeah, it. yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Um, be- yeah. Because I think it's very different from a lot of quote-unquote conventional shooters, um, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but there are definitely some design choices that kind of grind up against standard quote-unquote shooter sensibilities.
3: Yeah.
2: I actually had I no think
3: in terms of shooters... <laughs>
2: oh, <that's fine>. Everyone <laughs> has so many <laughs> opinions.
3: Me! Me! rapple. Um Grumble. Well, um, I was gonna say that like it reminds the shooter reminds me the most of is like System Shock too.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Like not just because of like similar like tones, but just in terms of like the inventory system mm-hmm. and you know what the weapons are capable of and how they how they come into your strategy getting through each level.
0: Right. I think the 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 key thing that will probably yeah step it aside from a lot of other shooters is the fact that you can't move and shoot. Mm-hmm. Which is a a fairly typical horror game conceit, you know, because moving and shooting makes you a little bit too mobile and a little bit too able. Um, But the fact that you can't move and shoot also, I think, changes uh, things like geography and changes the way that enemies have to attack you and changes the way that you uh, are sort of encouraged to approach fights. Um, Resident Evil 4, most of the places that you encounter enemies have a sort of funnel. Uh, there's always a kind of place where you you're better off standing your ground and and sort of letting the enemies come to you as opposed to trying to outmaneuver them. It, it becomes like every right. every every fight in Resident Evil Four is a kind of wave defense. Um, mm-hmm. Or if you're sort of playing the game effectively, then that's how it ends up feeling. Um, and I think that it it's I'm trying to describe it. I, I guess it's 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 quite a sort of basic but but not basic but but straightforward test of your aiming skill you know you're, you're not sort of ducking and diving and weaving and taking cover from enemies it's just about sort of placing shots it's like a sort of shooting gallery mm-hmm. um, and, and uh, mm-hmm. as as such some might argue a, a more a, a game that's more true to the term shooter because it's all about perfecting the art of aiming yeah. and pulling the gun and there's no sort of periphery mm-hmm. as such.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a good point. Yeah, and
3: how each, yeah, I was gonna say, and each gun has a different like. There's a different strategy that falls around each gun, and like sometimes, you're like yeah, you know, machine guns are different than shotguns, but um, like the effect is almost kind of minimal in a lot of modern shooters, right. and a lot of times you'll have a gun that has like you know infinite ammo or something. Um, and in Resident Evil Four, there's definitely like, well, I'm gonna take my shotgun out because there's a bunch of enemies here grouped together, and I'm gonna shoot a bunch of them at once. I'm going to get a machine gun out here, and so it's like it requires a lot more thinking than you know your typical shooter, where you can just like go go around with just one gun and just you know fire away and just because it's your shoot favorite and kill something. Yeah, yeah, like I like the shotgun because it's great and it makes a big boom sound. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little different in Resident Evil.
1: Yeah, I mean you could even I, I don't know if this is going to make Patrick's head spin around or something, but there's. It's almost doom-like in uh, there's a there's kind of a right tool for each encounter.
2: Yeah, I was actually gonna, I was actually gonna say that, not in those words because that would be sacrilege. But no, I <laughs> I, I definitely agree <laughs> with you, and I think that that's a really important thing that a lot of shoot quote unquote modern shooters overlook, Is you really have to like if you can't make each weapon feel different and feel unique and feel cool and satisfying, then like what are you even doing
1: here? right it's uh yeah i think i think something like the last of us did that pretty well uh, as well where you're kind of you know what you see enemies coming at you and you have a split second kind of to decide which which gun am i going to pull out and kind of make my stand here Mm -hmm. or or try to uh Mm -hmm. you know and resident evil does a good resident evil 4 does a good job of funneling you into getting familiar with each one too because you'll pick up different ammo and kind of be forced to uh to use one when another one runs dry and yeah yeah, but one yeah of... i was gonna
3: say that there's like a sense of tension when you're like okay a shotgun would be great here but all i have are handgun bullets
1: yeah
3: and i have like maybe five of them left
1: <laughs> yeah i wonder if everyone who plays this game gets really good with the handgun too because you have to use it for a long time
2: well i mean the fact that you can upgrade it slash get cooler better handguns is a big part yeah. of that too i think <laughs>
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to mention about the shooting too, and this is kind of it's it's ghoulish is all hell, but I was trying to think about what makes the actual like connecting to enemies satisfying. And the sound design in this yep. game is and, mm-hmm. and this is you know, I'm gonna when this goes up I'm gonna be put on like a watch list or something, but it's the sound when you when a
4: mm-hmm. <sighs>
1: When a bullet goes through someone's head mm-hmm. and it explodes, <laughs> yep, it sounds real nice. It does. And it, <laughs> I'm glad I
2: didn't just hear
3: a click on the other line as the FBI hangs up and it's like, "Nope, we got." I'm them. glad yeah. I
2: didn't have to be the one to bring that
1: up. But yeah, I agree with you completely. <laughs> it, it's well, I...
3: it's um that, that splatter of blood too. Yeah, <laughs> That's also nice.
1: It's a very gross, like wet-sounding game when you're really when you're really shooting things up.
0: I, I, I it's not overtly so I think there's there's a lot of positive feedback um to, to shooting Resident evil 4 because one of the ways I sort of treat you, you kill an enemy and it's almost like pulling the lever on like a machine in a casino because you kill an enemy and then you'll kind of wait to see right. what has he dropped is it is it money is it bullets what am I gonna get from this one you know mm-hmm. every every sort of mass murder you commit uh is a sort of is um, lucrative. It's, it's lucrative, but it's it's a, it's a coin in the slot as well because you know the the, the things that they drop are are, are random and um, varied. There's a lot of different things to collect, different types of ammo, you know, money, jewels, things like that. Um, so there's always that kind of like egging you on to to shoot things because you want to see what you what you get. Um, yeah, yeah you know, I, you can... I don't think it's a. Oh,
1: sorry i think my thing dropped out for a second here i got confused oh
4: that's all right
1: <laughs> no you go ahead because now now i'm mixed now i'm all mixed
0: up i was gonna say i don't think there's anything shameful uh or sort of um anything to be worried about you know admitting that it sounds nice when you hit someone with a gun um goldeneye if you have ever... a if you remember Goldeneye, like the the sort of wet noise. Yeah, it sounded like, like you were punching a
2: big slab of hamburger. It was great.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and it's fan- it's it's absolutely fantastic. And I I, I struggle to play games and sort of be enthused by shooting in games if that isn't there. Um, if enemies just feel like shooting through plastic bags, it, it doesn't it doesn't read
2: again. Like if it, it goes back to this game as a shooter in the most literal sense, in that that's what you're going to be doing. You know, 80% of the time, so if every time, or most of the time anyway, you aim at an enemy and shoot, you don't get this rush of, yeah, that was really fun to do, like, why are you going to keep playing, especially for 10 to 12 hours?
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Yeah, well, that's... Resident Evil
3: also kind of incorporates all the, the quick time events and the melee and things like that also, so it's not just... Well, sure. ...shooting, yeah. yeah. So you're like, you're going to be up against, and you're like, oh, I'm going to, you know, roundhouse kick this zombie in the face, and it's going to be great. And then go back that to that. That sure is a, a sentence.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. One of one of the things I wanted to, to ask about um, really is it, it uh, Ashley Graham, <laughs> the you know, the the president's daughter, the person you're dispatched to rescue, uh, is to my mind one of the worst characters in games ever yeah i think she's you know, <laughs> if i had to uh, this is a question i want to sort of posit towards the end which is you know what do you think about the game that is bad but if someone was a if i was asked that question that would be the first thing that i would call out i think she's absolutely attra- i mean not just as a kind of emblem of like white knight sexist male power fantasy bullshit but just every single thing about her, like her voice, her dialogue, her clothes, yeah. the way she, I mean the, the one good thing that they get right is the fact that she's responsive in like a gameplay sense. She follows and stops, follows and stops and she doesn't, you know, she, it's like, you hear the words escort mission and you get filled with dread but in Resident Evil 4 it's fine, it, it works okay. Uh, everything else about her I find fucking reprehensible. Um, what did everyone else think?
3: Well, I kind of disagree with you on one point in that the escort mission itself is fine because I feel like when people hear the escort mission, they just get Ashley flashbacks, mm-hmm. ashbacks
2: you could call them. Ashbacks. Nice. Yes. Although
3: I have to, I have to say here, just to like you know get it out of the way, when I played Resident Evil Four for the first time, I was playing on a friend's old file, so he had unlocked extra costumes for the characters. Oh
2: dear God, this can't and be good.
3: No, it, it may, let's put it this way: the game. I if I did not if I had Ashley as normal Ashley, I would not have been able to finish the game. But as I played it, I had Ashley in a suit of night armor. <laughs> oh, so she did not take a lot of damage. She was just very heavy and just clunked everywhere.
2: That's a great visual, yeah, visual but, too. Yeah, it is.
3: Yeah, and I had Leon in a like a like a 1920s gangster suit with a Tommy gun, and that was also pretty great. That was pretty. But neat. that didn't affect the gameplay at all. That was just fun when you had it's different when you have Ashley in a suit of armor and she can't really be injured she just like when people try to pick her up they just fall because she's so heavy um, I
1: yeah one of, I think they
0: one, go on Reed sorry
1: <laughs> Sorry. I, I think that uh, the first time he encounters Ashley he should have just uh, given her a suit of armor to put on Then she could blend in too
0: in the castle I feel like yeah they, it would have
3: been so much easier they
0: come across a lot of empty suits of armor but yeah. he just never sort of picks up on Um, But something to be said about Ashley's costume, if you play Resident Evil 4 in just the original default costumes, uh, and you do the section where you play as Ashley, and you have to crawl under a table to escape. Yeah, her skirt just lifts up, and you can see her underwear. Because fucking... Because why not, I guess? (laughs) I I mean, this is what I'm sort of driving at. Uh, Resident Evil 4, for all of its really, really excellent things that we've discussed already, is abominable to women oh um, sure yeah yeah i mean catastrophically so i mean yeah i mean you can yeah it 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 feels like it was like a non-point because what fucking game isn't abominable to women but resident evil 4 it you know it, it it needs to be pulled up on it because it's it's so so bad um she's like a idiot and squawking and completely helpless and a sex object and like uh
3: And she's a teenager too. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a teenager. Oh, yeah. That's true. Nubile kind of. It's it's really fucked. It's horrible. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm canvassing opinions.
3: And even Ada, who's supposed to be like a a stronger um, female character, is also very sexualized. She wears an
2: evening gown.
3: (laughs) I know. Like, who does that when they're out? You know, shooting zombies and going on missions and swinging down from you know balconies and stuff like it doesn't make it's it's ridiculous it's... she looks ridiculous i mean she i mean
2: granted she pulls it off who wore it better sort of thing but uh, <laughs> um, yeah it's definitely not practical spyware uh, yeah, i just think
3: it's kind of funny how when i think about games from that time period I just kind of accept that it's going to be horrible and the women are going to be treated terribly and they're going to be sex objects and they're going to be nearly naked and there's going to, I'm going to see their underwear. Well, so, and I just kind of accept that as a thing that is going to especially happen. Especially in
2: and, horror of all <laughs> places, right? Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. I mean,
3: like Silent Hill avoided this, but most other places are like, oh, look at the, You know, like when you have a woman in a horror anything, yeah. she's sexualized very quickly.
0: I think Silent Hill still. Ha- I mean, in the second game, it's it's given a lot of mitigation, and it, it becomes a lot more interesting. But Silent Hill, the original, is still a story of a man trying to retrieve a girl, like a female, yeah, or uh, his daughter. Um, yeah, I I I don't know. I just it, it's it's the one thing that sort of holds me back from falling head over heels. Resident Evil, with Resident Evil Four is Ashley and Ada. Uh, I just, it's its the one thing that really keeps me from, you know, flat out adoring that game.
1: Yeah.
3: And, no, I completely agree with you.
0: And, and when you say, too, that it's its almost
1: something to be expected, um, I think the one thing it, it misses when it's kind of trying to evoke uh, this kind of, like, uh, you know, low-quality B-movie horror is that even in those movies, you did have some... Uh, kind of subversions of the predominant like sexual politics too you did have mm. you had sexualized women but they were also given more opportunity in horror movies often to have some kind of agency which is something that i don't think this game gets at all uh no. it just it just sees the surface of it where you know have have the woman who needs to be uh kind of taken care of and protected and dress her in you know a a sort of, I don't know the right way to term whatever the hell she's wearing that skirt and sweater thing.
0: Schoolgirl. Um,
1: yeah, it's like a schoolgirl outfit. But you mm. know, even even in a lot of these movies, you would have you would have the woman who's sexualized, but she's still managing to do things of her own accord. Which was at a certain point, you know, it's so it's such a, a back uh, backhanded compliment, but it was something in in the sixties mm. and the seventies when these. Uh, drive-in movies to show something like that and this game just completely doesn't do that
0: no
3: well at least in the 60s and the 70s if we're talking about like western horror a lot of a lot of horror movies were actually like subverting those gender politics because that that those that was during a time when women you know second wave feminism was a thing
4: yeah yeah that's a lot of it was like
3: playing on playing on those fears a lot yeah um and this is, you know, this is a Japanese game, so it's coming up in, in a different culture, so I understand them completely missing that point. Um, yeah, so not, like, I don't want to, like, excuse Resident Evil at all for, like, employing these kinds of, like, really sexist um, dynamics, especially between Leon and Ashley, because it's kind of gross. Um, but, yeah, like, it's like, like you said, like, I just kind of, like, well, you know, games that were made, in this time definitely had, like, the woman as a trophy, and that was a thing, and, like, it's almost, like, it's almost, like, impossible to criticize, because it's just everywhere, and it's just always there, and it's just, like, kind of something that I accept as almost, like, a default, which is what's, horrible. Like, what's the
2: opposite of beyond reproach? Like, it's, it's kind of <laughs> that, it's, like, reproach kind of expected and taken for granted
3: is benign. Oh, yeah, it's like when a game doesn't do that, that's when I get really excited. When I'm like, oh my god, the woman did, like saved herself. That was so amazing. Did you guys see that? Mm-hmm. Because in most in most things I play, it's usually not. Because that d- the default is almost like Resident Evil 4. And that's, it's a pity that that has become our default. And I'm hoping that we are on the way to changing that. Because it's annoying. But yeah, it's like almost just kind of like, oh yeah, Resident Evil 4. And it's almost, I almost like instinctively dismiss it which is terrible Mm -hmm. but it's almost just like it just like whatever
1: no i know all games
3: were like that
1: yeah i know what you mean though especially like you know early 2000s and i'm sure you know before that as well it was almost just a given Mm -hmm. you just kind of rolled your eyes and kept going you know you thought
3: yeah exactly
1: you thought well you know they're trying to sell it to 14 year old boys and you roll your eyes and, and go um I think now it's not like things are so much better now, but I, I think there is uh, at least in in some sections of, of the industry there are people who are thinking about that a little bit more you know it, mm-hmm. it's not
3: no no yeah I completely think that it's um the more we raise awareness about it, the more people will think about it and then slowly people's opinions will change That's you know that's my take on things um, people will have different takes on how we you know, solve this issue about sexism in games. Um, but I think, yeah, just bringing up the fact that, like, yeah, Resident Evil 4 has this thing in it, then that's, a, you know, we as long as we notice that it's a thing,
4: mm-hmm.
3: then that's, you know, that's that's good. That's a good start. Mm-hmm. And I think we all kind of mm-hmm. do, so we can all be like, yeah, Resident Evil 4 is a pretty good game, except for, you know, the fact that it's really gross. <laughs>
0: yes, but. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um
3: Yeah, like I still enjoy the hell out of Resident Evil Four, even if like yeah, it's super like just like well, they're sexualizing a fourteen year old girl. That's kinda of gross.
0: Mm. Um that aside, Ashley aside, uh is there anything that uh you dislike about this game, Patrick?
2: Um, I mean I'm not really a, or I'm not at all actually a horror game person. Um that said, I did enjoy this game because I think in terms of like, if you don't think of it as a horror game, if you think of it as an action game or a thriller or whatever um, and you look at what it does in service to that objective, I think it does so much right and it makes so much sense that it's one of the most like, reproduced and republished games from the last few years.
0: Right.
1: Yeah, and it's Sorry, amazing. do read I was just going to say, it actually is when, when Patrick says that, too. It's mm-hmm. so been so often, you know, remastered, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. thrown onto new consoles and systems. It's it's actually remarkable how well that game, this game, holds up. You know, mm-hmm. all these years later, all the...
3: It holds up better than, like, all the other Resident Evils. Mm-hmm.
2: Even would... better than the newer Resident Evil games that were made in the same vein. Like, nobody talks about Resident Evil 5 or Resident Evil 6. Um, no, I... I...
3: I make jokes about. Resident well, yeah, exactly. That's about it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me, Resident Evil Four, uh, aside from Ashley, the, the, it loses me at the island section a little. Uh, I think the the village is great, the castle is great, the island is, um, quite baggy and it's 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 not a very exciting location, uh, and a lot of the uh, most sort of. Trad bits of Resident Evil Four occur uh, during the island. The sort of climatic levels. Um, the 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 bit with uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not a particular fan of the the section with the helicopter. Um, I think it, it's kind of it's lost its way by then. Um, but I, I don't know I don't know if I'm nitpicking.
1: No, I think I think that's fair. But it, the times I have played that game though, no, I've just you get to that point and you end up forgiving a lot because the end is in sight you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i think that is completely fair
0: yeah i i I think the village and the castle are really well characterized locations and and everything that happens in them feels um sort of part and parcel and implicit to that location so you know the village you've got people attacking you with like you know hand tools and things in the castle you've got knights and monks and chains and all this kind of stuff at the island you've just got guys that are just guys and there's a fella with a machine gun and it's just a little bit it it kind of devolves at that point from the the really well characterized and grounded and sort of solid through line that we talked about earlier on to sort of just because Mm -hmm. it's something just Mm -hmm. because like it, it doesn't the situations that you find yourself in aren't sort of lifted from the location like they are earlier in the game, it seems to me.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair. It also has the probably more of those uh quick time events, too. That yeah, that are w- which for me are the, the one thing that I really don't like in this game. It's it's a sort of a one, one big sore spot in, mm-hmm. in otherwise really solid uh. Carefully considered design, or the parts where you have to
0: mash on a button to get through. I think they've they've aged badly compared to the rest of the game. I think they've aged, but in two thousand and four, you know that was yeah. a new novel. Hey, we've never really tried this before. Let's see what this does. <laughs> Whereas these days, it's it's something that is you know kind of running joke. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I, I, what do we think of? The those two subsequent Resident Evils that were in the vein of four, five, and six. Carly, have you got any strong opinions about you either?
3: Um, I didn't play six because it looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the demo and it was just impossible to play because mm. it was so dark and yeah, it just didn't work on a lot of levels. And apparently, I was right <laughs> in that regard because nobody else really liked it either. Um, Resident Evil five is fun in a local co-op sense like i did have a very interesting experience playing it with like my friend at who we were playing it like at the time um and it's fun to like kind of strategize in that sense very locally um so it's it's a fun game but i don't think it works as a resident evil game at all it's definitely more actiony um definitely not horror at all and then there's the um you know kind of those like racial undertones horrible horrible
2: racism
1: yeah,
3: yeah, you know, they sh- you know, they
1: shift from undertones to overtones at some point in that game. They shift,
3: they, they, they do. They, like... shift, they
0: shift from undertones to overtones when you segue from a African, which is a stupid term to use, anyway, an African village to fighting tribesmen. Yep, right. Oh my god, I totally yeah. forgot about that. Literal, like
2: yeah. loin clad, cloth clad, like. Oh my god! And they throw yes
1: spears they at they you. Do. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what I was
3: Oh my, oh my god, I totally black I totally blacked that out. That's what I was thinking about. Yes, it's very racist. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, that I mean, kinda they... that dive bombs that entire game when you get to that point.
0: I think they try to offset it with the fact that you're accompanied by a black woman. And one of the things that I swear I've noticed I I've I've looked at screenshots and I swear I can still pick this up from when I was playing it, was that if you look at a crowd of enemies in Resident Evil 5, I think one of the things that they tried to do to offset accusations of you're just a white guy shooting black guys, is they've sort of dropped in some other ethnicities in amongst the enemies. Yeah, I think you're right. There's like the, 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 I think they did too. Yeah, there's the occasional sort of white-looking guy, there's the occasional sort of Asian-looking person, and it's like, oh, we're not just shooting black people, we're shooting everyone. And it's just, what were you thinking?
1: Well, I don't think they were. Think yeah, it doesn't
3: also help that they're they spend most of the game concentrated on what's her name, Sheva. Yeah. Concentrating on her ass. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It, which is a bit of a shame because, a, a bit of a shame. It's a it's a huge shame because I was going to say like Carly, you know, I played that game with a friend and a bunch of beers, and that's a that's a fun way to play that, you know, and it also helps when you're with someone else and you're know have been drinking a bit to uh to kind of just be like oh my god this is the worst thing ever and then you just kind of keep moving on and going you know Mm -hmm. you need that
2: moral support yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: exactly i think it's like impossible to play by yourself
0: it is yeah i've tried it's it is impossible um resident evil 6 i played a bit of that they tried to sort of inherit the spirit of Resident Evil 4 in the sense that it's a game that has a lot in it. So there's, there's all these different locations, there's all these different campaign modes you could do with different characters who have different abilities and different weapons. There's all these features, features, features. Um, but it, it falls into the same pit as the action games that we talked about earlier, where you get all this different stuff without any context, without any connection to you know narrative, to the location, to anything. Uh, And it just becomes this sort of disparate and scattered pile of ideas and concepts.
1: Yeah, and you know um, when I said that the quick-time events in 4 are the worst? Mm. 6 is the only, I think, the only game I've ever played that I couldn't keep playing it because there was a quick-time event so difficult that I I couldn't get past it. Right. And I I just popped the disc out and and brought it back (laughs) Wow. Cuz cuz it was just so completely impossible. I remember having like different people try and just couldn't get past it. Mm. Which I thought was it, but aside from that it's just it's just not a great game anyway. Yeah. No.
0: It's it's, uh, it's really chaotic. Yeah, it's uh
1: doesn't have any of the kind of tonal confidence of of Four. Uh yeah, it's it's like you said it's just very scattershot. I mean, it, a lot... it's not racist, so it has that going for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, there's a lot of environments in Resident Evil 6 which feel like... Um, I mean, like I said earlier on, the, the Resident Evil 4 gunfights often feel like wave defense. In Resident Evil 6, they feel like a sort of weird multiplayer deathmatch. A lot of the environments are, are sort of like arenas. Um, right. Right. Yeah, and you get like very marked waves of enemies and it, 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 it feels like one of those kind of offline games made to feel more online. Um, which is, you know, not to its credit whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think that's a. I I See, I wonder now, now that we've essentially done an overview of, of Resident Evil if, if they'll even try to do another game or if... Or oh, if of course no... they will. Yeah, yeah, but I mean another, like a, a Resident Evil 7 or something, or if they just kind of go back to the drawing board.
0: Well, they've announced... I think they're just going to
3: start remaking remaking old ones. That's probably going yeah.
0: to do it. <laughs> yeah, they, they're, they're remaking Resident Evil 2, and they've just announced a Resident Evil online shooter. Um, oh, so, right, yes. So, you know, it, it's come full circle now. It, it, it's, it's not a horror game anymore, um, like it probably never was. Uh, it is very firmly an action game with some monsters as enemies. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I guess that's a, a fairly thorough overview of Resident Evil 4. Uh, I don't know if anyone has any closing remarks, anything they've wanted to say that I've probably not prompted very well with questions. Um,
3: I think I wanted to add, actually, when you were talking about the island, um, when like one of the problems I have with Resident Evil 4 is, like, its tonal shift towards the end. In that, like, you know, it, there, it's this pretty consistent game throughout. And then once they start, like, oh, by the way, this, this you know, fits in with the rest of the Resident Evil continuity, and Wesker was behind it the whole time, mm. and all this stuff, it kind of, sort of, becomes a different game, and it's a little... It's not nearly as atmospheric, and it's not nearly as uh, fun, it becomes more standard. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, um, that's a that's and it's a run- standard... Standard horror
2: movie conceit that it's only ever scary until you see the monster, right? And Mm. (laughs) once they've kind of established that, oh, surprise, it's exactly what you're expecting, it's kind of like, okay, well, it's on to business as usual.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Which
3: is a shame because, yeah, the game works so well, you know, just tonally and, you know, in terms of just um, art design and, you know, the design of the levels and of the world that you're fighting in and then it just becomes, you know... Be- Umbrella Corps,
0: Re- Wesker defeat
3: Wesker kind of
0: thing. It becomes, it becomes a, it's a little sad. It becomes almost like a. There's sections of it later on where it becomes almost like a spy thriller, because you've got this sort of triangle of intrigue between uh, Leon, Ada, and the Krauser character. You know who's who's on whose oh, side. Yeah. You've got these scenes mm-hmm. where you know Leon's jumping through laser beams, you know, and, and things like mm-hmm. that. And it, it does it. They they add in this sort of spy thriller little. T- uh towards the end which I, I think is a sort of i again i admire the sort of confidence in that i think there's a certain nobility to this going you know what let's let's give that a whirl let's try and i think that i think that that's, that sensibility in the rest of resident evil 4 is what sort of gave birth to all of its best moments is just yeah go on put a big monster in a lake put a minecart section etc um but the, the the spy thriller stuff is one of those ideas that Perhaps the only idea apart from Ashley that really doesn't read. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I think
1: that's fair enough. I think whenever you see a a sterile laboratory in in a horror thing, it's it's a bit of a disappointment. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Which
3: is completely at odds, also, with the rest of the game, which is pretty like dusty mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: yeah, like old
1: feeling and yeah kind of ramshackle mm-hmm.
3: yeah exactly and then you're like oh by the way it's like this it's a, a corporation was behind the whole time and you know wesker's here now you gotta fight him and it and almost like what's interesting is like the spy thrill stuff it almost doesn't factor into the overall you know story mm-hmm. i guess if you want to call it that
0: mm-hmm.
3: like it just it kind of like if you could cut it out it probably wouldn't make much of a
0: difference no it wouldn't um and actually, you know, one of the things we said earlier on was that Resident Evil Four benefits from lack of lore and back reading and things like this. But out of Resident Evil Four, uh, in the subsequent Resident Evil games and in those the, the animated films that they did, there's just so much crisscrossing of who's doing what, and so much, so much lore, so much fucking mythology is introduced after Resident Evil Four. It kind of it gave birth to like, this brand new. Litter of Resident Evil Four plot strands that they've just completely got lost in. Now it's it's worse than Metal Gear Solid. It's all over the place. Um, Yeah, yeah. It's it's a strange game for me because it's fantastic on its own, but it 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 gave rise to a lot of things that I personally have you know uh, no interest in and and no love for. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I don't know. Has anyone else got any other closing remarks? Patrick, Reed?
1: Nothing from me. No? I, I don't know. I, I like this game. It's good. You should play, you should yeah. play it.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we kind of we kind of got I, off the enthusiast track a little bit, but yeah.
1: No no, I I think all, all those all those comments are fair. Uh I I think it's it's testament to what this game does well though, that when you when I remember it, I think of things like the you know trying to row across the lake and there's a monster underneath coming for you, and there's you know the the villagers with the chainsaws and the you know monks in the castle and with their maces. I, I think that's the stuff that you really remember from this game, mm. and that it does very very well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, the village stuff, especially, I think, stands out for me. I think that's that's the the best part of Resident Evil Four. Personally, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, uh, well, I think we'll 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 probably leave the discussion there. Uh, I think we've once again summed up and sewn up Resident Evil Four. Uh, I mean, my rating <laughs> out of ten would uh, seven, probably a firm seven, a okay. solid seven. Read. Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Well, if you okay, but if you carry the nine. How's, what do you yeah, that, guys think about the replayability?
0: Well, I mean, I don't like to be willy nilly. I don't want to just sort of throw numbers out arbitrarily. Um, but I have I have looked into this and and checked the graphs and and so on. And, and, and replayability is about a seven.
1: Okay. Yeah. So for me, yeah. If I, yeah, yeah, I give it a seven.
0: Seven. Okay. Yeah, great. I feel I'll good drink. about
1: that. Um.
2: I mean. I haven't spent as much time with it as anybody else here has, but the time that I have spent with it, I've really enjoyed. I think that there's a lot to offer. Um, I think it could use a couple more graphics, though. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So I think ultimately I'm going to have to settle on a 7 for this one.
0: A, set, a 7 from Patrick yeah. Carly. Mm, surprising.
3: Um, well, I would say it's definitely replayable, only because then you get to put Ashley in the suit of armor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. actually really funny. Um, because she just, like, you know, when she walks up to you from behind, she just clunks, and you just hear clank, 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 clank. <laughs> yeah. She just bangs into things, and people try to lift her up, to try to take her away, and they just fall, because she's so heavy. Um, so I would say replay it, because that is great. Um, I mean, if I was Reed, I'd probably give it a 69 out of 100. <laughs> but, but I'd say i give it probably about a solid... 7.5 Get the fuck seven, out. Only oh, wow. because I don't... Oh. I d- oh. Well, I do, have, I do have a sense of nostalgia around the game because oh. it's one of the first games I ever oh, beat. Oh!
2: Nostalgia. We didn't talk about nostalgia. 10 then. The 10 n- then. The, n-
3: <laughs> the nostalgia factor puts it up about 0. .5 points. Okay. Um. Well, no. It, it was, like, one of the first years I ever played and in the, that I, like, defeated by myself. So, it, you know, it's hard to separate that a little. Yeah. But I I understand it's not a perfect game, but I definitely think it's the best Resident Evil game. Um, It's definitely one of the more fun uh, action kind of shooter games that I've played, you know, in total, like, even comparing it to, like, you know, newer survival horror titles that, you know, were very much influenced by it. Um, And I think it does hold up uh, pretty well, despite its age. Yeah. and as long as you don't like look at it as like oh, quick time events—they're so overplayed. Well, you know they weren't that overplayed when it came out. So yeah, I, I try and I try and be a little, I guess, nice to it.
1: Mm. Yeah. So a seven. That's what that's.
3: <laughs> seven. That's... Point... How about a seven point two?
1: We can deal. Oh, with that. yeah. Okay.
0: We, we, we can have a quarter discrepancy. Yeah. That's yeah. fine. <laughs>
1: that's that's within <laughs> our margin of error. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Math
0: works. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, that's, that's Resident Evil 4. Um, we like to end on our Twitter handles, so Reed, I'll go first to you. Where can people find your work, and where can they find you on Twitter?
1: They can find me in the graveyard, because it's October.
0: Oh, of course, yeah.
1: And they can find me at Reed McCarter, R-E-I-D McCarter, on Twitter. And And, you... that, and that's where you'll find links to the stuff I put on the internet.
0: Uh, Patrick, oh, oh, I was going to do your Halloween name, but I've just blundered it because I couldn't say it properly. Uh, Patrick, sorry. We'll do it live. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll fix it. In, I'll fix it in post. All right. <laughs> um, where can we find you online, Patrick or Treat, um, Lindsay?
2: I am on Twitter at Han Solo um, I too am one of those filthy freelancers. So. I write a bunch of places, but everything leads back to that.
0: Yeah. Okay. And Carly.
3: Um, you can find me on Twitter at VelociRaptor. Um, I have a like a WordPress site I try to keep updated. It's CarlyVeloci.wordpress.com, but most of the time you can just find where I freelance on, yeah, on my Twitter account.
0: And you can find me at Most Sincerely Ed. On Twitter, uh, where you'll find links to my writing, and of course, <clears throat> on all of our Twitter feeds, you'll find links to previous episodes of this podcast and other related materials. And ghosts. Um, and ghosts. I, I've not, I've not really weaved the Halloween stuff into this as much as I'd hoped to. I've not. It's not been as seamless as I'd planned. Just, it's, just that's say ghost.
1: Yeah, we'll just. Everyone, give a sample of, of a monster's name, and then we'll just drop that in over and over. Well,
3: I was—he didn't even call me Scary Veloci; he just called me
0: Carly. I did. Gosh. Sorry. What what, what <laughs> I'm thinking of doing is in the edit is every time I sort of throw to someone, I say, "So, what do you think, Patrick?" I'm going to put a, put a sound effect in of like a coffin door opening. Yeah. So it's like, what what do you think, Patrick? <laughs> eh. Well, this is what I think. <laughs> so it's like you know we're all we're all walking dead bodies. Um,
3: like Carly, what do you think? And it just Leon.
0: <laughs> that was a pretty good Leon too. That was actually that, that really was, good. That was super good. My favorite sound. I have a lot of practice. My favorite sound effect in Resident Evil before is when Ashley gets killed and Leon goes, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love making him do that okay well uh thank you for listening to this week's episode of bullet points next time we will be talking about marathon which is the bungee shooter some years before halo but uh as a kind of natural ancestor to halo i mean patrick it was your pick yeah have you got any sort of preliminary remarks about marathon
2: marathon um if you haven't if you're not familiar with it that's completely understandable Um, It's a very odd game in a lot of ways, not the least being it was only released on Mac back in 1994, so it's like right in the heyday of the Doom clone age, and yet it was in a lot of ways kind of separated from that, and I think that makes itself apparent in the game in a variety of ways. Um, I don't want to say too much more about it because I don't want to obviate the need for a whole podcast on it, but it's... It is absolutely a first-person shooter made in the '90s by the people who went on to make Halo. Mm.
0: Hmm. Well, that'll be interesting. I'm looking. I've not actually started playing it yet, so I'm looking forward to <clears throat> getting into it.
1: Reed found the uh, preferences menu. <laughs> I did. I did. We had to. That's that's behind the scenes bullet points at the workshop. How to Pulling access the the- <laughs>
0: Yeah.
1: Email thread saying I don't think we can play marathon because I can't, I can't figure out how to make my mouse less fast.
3: (laughs) Well, this is a good start. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's great stuff. Spooky.
0: Well, hopefully between now and the next episode, we'll have solved those technical issues. Uh, Until then, uh, I've been joined by Scream McCarta. Ah! (laughs) Thank you. That was terrifying. It (laughs) was. trick-or-treat Lindsay.
2: uh fortunately there is no real sound effect that accompanies that so i'm off the hook i think
0: okay and scary spooky! (laughs) what a bunch of fucking clowns (laughs) That's, that's our review yeah um so yeah thank you again for joining i've been dead smith and this was bullet points